allow me to introduce myself. I'm Thomas Magnum. And then he unbuckles his belt. Like, it, like this is like pure instinct for him, right? Like, so we're one fight down. It just looked like somebody had made a sex robot. It really did. Um, with a vagina face. It was going to, like, headbutt fuck you. <laughs> the, the fly vagina face really made me start thinking about my own place in the world here. I mean... Maybe he's the pussy that's on the fly's face. Oh. Because remember, he like tries to pull it, and then it doesn't come. And then he like, ah! And then he like passes out again, or some, <laughs> some fucking thing happens. And then he comes back to it. He's like, he shoves the plain dick in there. Yep. And all limpy and bloody and muddy. And he like looks at his, the, his fly friend, and he's like, let's do this. And then... Try to remember physics. Because that would be what I would say yeah. to myself mm-hmm. before I just start... Jerking it around. Yeah. Uh, he just pissed on the grave and then left. It was really, uh, really the class, even for a great white shark. As soon as he's dehydrated, I'm like, drink some water. Take care of yourself for a little bit, Magnum. He came home <laughs> filthy, bleeding, dehydrated. Still covered in plain cum. And he... What have you? Gumbo come. Everyone's come. His insistence on doing his business in in the dirty, dirty raw. Um, Oh shit, I just murdered my client. I diarrheaed myself. I peed on my mother. Fuck you, dick. When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the N-word was pretty jarring. You think nothing happens in this one. Um, he finds a, he finds a mysterious underwater boy. What? He finds an underwater boy, like you do. And a boy who lives underwater oh. that nobody else sees, uh-huh. and Tom Selleck. A very wet man. He's a, the wettest man I know of. It, it was real spicy, yeah, for 6 p.m. on CBS, yeah, you know? Like, this nice. is the ultimate Magnum P.I. special episode. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bone. one more thing. No. <laughs> I thought you were giving it a... Don't worry. I'm, stu- I'm stupid. Ready? You do it, David. Mm-hmm. You... One, no, two, you three. Oh, I go. I go yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, you go. One, two, three. Hey. <laughs> All right. <sighs> what about the good old days? The good old days when men were handsome and could get sad. What about... <laughs> what about whatever it was that messed up our parents' generation in one of the wars? What about dads, bosses, and flies, the folly of mankind, and 
middle age. How about all of those things in a very special episode, dear listener, that we're bringing to you tonight? We are diving deep into Magnum P.I. with Season 7, Episode 16, Solo Flight, which does deal with all of those man feels and then some. <laughs> I am your host this evening, a charismatic rent boy who has a sweet ride and a bitchin' mustache. And I'm Carolyn May. And <laughs> with me, as is often, is the serious business type who, spoiler, may or may not have a double life while maintaining a mansion for a mysterious millionaire. Yeah, the, the major domo. That's the short way of saying it. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, that's what he refers to himself as, yes. yes and I what mean. is your name? I am Aaron Walker. And I am, uh, yeah, I'm Carolyn Maine's spouse. Um, uh, Technically fiancé for this very brief recording true, period. True, true. That's fine. That's well. And uh, yeah. frequent um, uh, AVSE and uh, SBTB reviewed uh, podcast flasher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's just AVSE. I've the podcast a lot of times. It's like a Sasquatch with that same <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> fuzzy in the Just background. A, a handful of cheese, and, you know. Um. Uh, and we are joined in this all of a sudden very gross couple podcast <laughs> yeah. with everyone's favorite third will who may or may not have non-flashbacks and drive a helicopter. Yeah, David Bitsenhofer. Well, you got me curious. David Bitsenhofer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> I always fail to get the puns when they're needed. <laughs> well, now you got me thinking because you mentioned flies and like yeah. men and flies, and I'm like, how has human history been shaped by flies? And now I'm just thinking that, like, because I always think about just everything men do is in relation to sex, but I think getting away from flies is also something that has been like on on the top tier of priorities. Yeah, it's like it's a high priority item for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early civilization and like staying away from bugs and building. Don't yeah, files. yeah. Yeah, just getting get get those flying things away from me, you know. They're they're but nuisance. Then what a, but then what about men and flies where it's like their their pants is dick part, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That mm-hmm. well that's yeah, that's where the intersex with sex again, I guess, you know, it all it comes inter- down to insects. Yeah. Sex. <laughs> again, huh. Freud, Tom Selleck. <laughs> so yes, this is a very special episode and tonight's subject we do Magnum PI for definitely the first time. And it seems like it's going to be a toss-off episode, but no, this one is pretty traumatic in certain ways. So, you know, buckle up for a little bit of uh, near-death experiences and body horror, and if your dad was the boss who was a fly of you. Yeah, um, Magnum P.I. is like, it's got a very specific formula, like a salty and sweet formula, where there's like a comic relief, and then there's a little bit of serious... This one is all serious. Like, there's so little comic relief in this one other than, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but other than a a very small amount. This is a very dour episode. Yeah, there's very little plot, too, actually. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to get too far into it just yet. Yeah, it's a... I, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit. It's a 4th of July episode. That's <laughs> the thing. And this, so, Aaron, let me set you up if Go I ahead. may. Uh, all of us maybe have seen Magnum to varying degrees, and uh, Aaron has seen it definitely probably the most. We'll get to David, but Aaron, you've seen it hundreds of times. You watch the whole series while napping, and sometimes I would walk by you like a Sasquatch. I watched the whole <laughs> series like 
three times. Wow. Yeah. I, <clears throat> this season, season seven and season eight, I only watched once. Because... They're too brutal. Well, the series definitely takes a turn. <laughs> to, like, this... Not to get, like, way too over the top about it, but... Magnum P.I. is trying to reinvent itself as a TV show at this mm-hmm. point in its, its history. So it's it has, like the second to last season. Yes. And they're second, going for broke. Second to last season, we're in the last half of the second to last season. Uh-huh. Um, Tom Selleck himself, the actor, is aging. Uh, so, so a lot of the plot lines that made a lot of sense when he was a young puppy um, don't mm-hmm. make as much sense anymore. You can't just have him like, chase ladies full time. Uh, so, what you end up with is this, like, kind of funky, like, halfway there episode where they're trying to, like, change Magnum the boy into Magnum Man. Magnum. Magnum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Magnum. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's, so, that, that's kind of like. So, that's where we are. It's a, it's a series in crisis. It's a series in midlife crisis right here. Oh, yes. And speaking of midlife crises, there's another reason why you're the expert. Happy birthday! By the oh, yeah. hooray! You don't even have to say the number, but yeah, uh-huh. being forty <laughs> is gonna be great. I'm gonna be real <laughs> stoked about it. I'm sure once I get over that hump, it'll. Yep. I'll help you get over that hump together <laughs> as a couple. Also, David, David, what's yeah, your experience yeah, with Magnum <laughs> PI? I know. <laughs> no, actually, I have almost no experience with Magnum PI. So I'm. This may have been the first episode I've ever seen. It's not like I didn't know of the show, obviously, and there's been syndication on there. So maybe sometime in my youth I watched an episode or something, but nothing that I really remember. And, Obviously, this is much different than what I would have expected from a Magnum B.I. episode. Now, maybe some of my ideas of what it's like is not true, or maybe it's just changing. your ideas are pretty right. Aaron earlier alluded to this Mm -hmm. being a 4th of July episode, where they always get Maudwin and drama, drama, right? Yeah, his father was supposed to return from the Korean War on the 4th of July, and he did not. He was shot down... And lost in the Korean War, which didn't actually happen to a ton. I mean, it, it, they make a lot of Vietnam comparisons with his dad. Show. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, dad it's, show. It's a nom show. Very only much. on Fourth of July. Right, super <laughs> nom show um, occasionally, but on the Fourth of July, Magnum goes out and does something all by himself. Because he's a big boy. A big boy, uh-huh. and you see flashbacks of it in this episode. There's a, a it won them some awards. Was that the shark one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that was real. Or, well, I know. Yeah. I didn't know if that had actually happened on the show, I should say. Yeah, all the flashbacks are from previous episodes. Hmm. All of them, except for the Norman Fell stuff with the, uh, mm-hmm. the investigation, right? Yeah. Like all, but all the other ones. So Magnum goes out and he does something like by himself, and he gets in a heap of trouble, and then the guys like psychically somehow know to come and get him, and then they come and get him. That's actually happened all the other times? Yeah, the other time. Like the, oh. the shark one, I'm going to spoiler the entire... Yeah, spoiler shark episode. <laughs> the shark Magnum. episode for everybody. Um, he just swims the whole time. He just like treads water in the middle of the damn ocean for 47 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and like looks at his watch and like talks to his dad and like yells at a shark for 47 <laughs> and effing minutes. Like, it's brutal. 
doesn't like solve any crimes during it. Like he, there's no overlay. Yeah. It's just the struggle. It's a cool episode, I guess. <laughs> but uh, um, real, real effing boring it, compared to this one. Like this one is weird and kind of like slow compared to modern TV. But mm-hmm. at least stuff happens. <laughs> We see some blood, at least, you know. Get the juices flowing. (laughs) My juices were flowing. So, yeah, similarly (laughs) to David, I have not seen very much Magnum at all. Except what I've watched with Aaron, because he'll, like, go and lay down on the couch and put something on. And I'll either Sasquatch walk by it, or I'll just lay upon him with all of our pug dogs. (laughs) It's like, doesn't become very much about this show. But there are a lot of shows you just, like, straight up sleep through. And this is one that you were actually, like, Mostly awake during. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is one that I watched while I was in, like, in the background while I was working. And, like I said, I would watch episodes, like, over and over again to, like, like, because they there's fun cameos. It's from this very specific era where all kinds of people are coming up. Oh, so, yeah. You know. Was there a sweet a Guido Sarducci? No, there was no Guido okay. Sarducci, um, but there was, like. Was there an Urkel? Uh, no. I think there was a, um, <laughs> Brian Cranston. I think there was a Cranston oh, yeah. in, in there. Um, there was definitely, I think, a James Woods in there. Like, Ooh. a young, terrible James Woods. Yeah. Uh, I don't like his face. <laughs> and nobody likes anything else about him anymore. Hmm. Um, so, it's cool. It's it's a really fun show that I like. I wanted to get to the bottom of because I think the D- Donald Belisario, the guy who uh, made the right. series, right, David, a, that's the geez. same guy who did Quantum Leap. No, uh, yeah, and <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Fucking everything, like Night Rider, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. I think you yeah. know, like all, all all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't have necessarily expected. Mm-hmm. Like he was prolific. It's a so. Belisario joint, and Magnum is one he pretty famously wanted to do just to have fun in the sun in Hawaii in a beautiful car with a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. They had gotten done <laughs> shooting some other show, and then the whole the entire pitch was like, we need to pitch a story where we only film where where it's sunny and when it's sunny. <laughs> so they pitched the idea of a tropical show that featured a helicopter because they knew that nobody would ensure uh, shooting a bunch of scenes flying a helicopter around in the rain. So the whole idea was uh, it was going to hin- hinge around that. And as the series went on, obviously, you can yeah. see TC's fucking helicopter business is really forgotten by the seventh <laughs> season. You don't spend a lot of time with them anymore. Getting taken over by drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. himself. Okay, let's dive deeply into the episode. Speaking of how cool and fun it is, how about that banging theme song? Oh yeah, Mm. all the hell play. It is a boss theme song, and the only thing I'll say is, for whatever reason, I found it amusing that Tom Selleck dunked a basketball in the opening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's because he's so white and can't dunk. It's like flying in the face of Woody Harrelson's film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a macho like man's man. Mm-hmm. Like they do like the they flash into like the classic tiger yeah. stripe camouflage of like an Uzi, you know, like, <laughs> hunting narcos in Colombia and stuff. You know, and he does. Yeah, he rescues POWs in uh-huh. Vietnam. 
yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a really pretty Rambo. I'd like to see the cross-section of what Magnum P.I. does and what actual P.I.s do and see how often that actually intersects. <laughs> He's a pretty bad P.I. <laughs> Does he, like, go on stakes in that sexy red penis car and just sit in there for 20 hours mm-hmm. drinking yeah. coffee and pissing yeah. into bottles? Yeah. <laughs> just pissing in an Arizona iced tea jar. Yeah. Like, like that beautiful Ferrari that he drives around. Yeah, no, he, I mean... He does yeah, a lot of stuff. He does a lot of, like, sexy cases, you know? Yeah. Like, he's been known to bang ladies, but we only have, spoiler alert, two women characters in this episode, and one of them is a painted titty lady on a plane. So, <laughs> it came off really gay-coded to me. I'll just get that out of the way. Magnum seems like a really handsome rent boy in a poly triad. It's me. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a startlingly homoerotic <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing where masculinity tries to be masculine so hard, it's just like all these muscle hunks. <laughs> yeah, and in um, you know, so the at the very beginning of the show, it's kind of like these guys are party boys, and mm-hmm. they're getting, they're getting laid all the time, and women are just kind of like toys to them. And then they were like, whoa, that's not flying with the ladies who like Tom Selleck, right? Like the, Which is oh, yeah. most of the audience for the show. Exactly. So they were like, well, we're going to tune this up a little bit. And women kind of actually just kind of get written out. And they just... They, <laughs> that's what women want. Let's give them what they want. Let's women. Accessories and, like, you know, male-driven <laughs> stories. And then they retool it again. And at the oh, very yeah. end of this episode, he mentions Carol. Right, you'll be hearing from her, 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 Carol. Me, Carol. It's this Carol. Wow. Carol Maine makes a cameo. Yeah, this is. How they do that? Actually, it's a so it's a recurring character. So they try to write in a female bureaucrat in the city uh, apparatus that he can liaise with to expand the you know the audience to say hey Hmm. like we have a an active female character here who. Uh, she's a great story hook. She's a really fun. Uh, it's a masterwork of a show. I love Magnum P.I. Love it. It's a masterwork of a show, David. That doesn't yeah. be what your notes say. <laughs> a masterwork of a show. I'm a, uh, I'll have to rewrite some things. Mm. <laughs> Failure is one of life's few absolutes. For instance, there's the story of a guy who spent his entire childhood dreaming of becoming a fighter pilot, soloed like a pro, and was assigned to a top combat wing. A week before he was to fly his first mission, there was a fire in his barracks. He was a hero. But he was never able to fly again. Relative success and absolute failure. Hey, Thomas. What? What happened to your hair? I got a haircut. I thought it would look a little more, uh, I don't know, mature. It looks weird. Well, that's what I was going for. Oh, hey, look, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the accountant called about your tab again today. I said I'd pay the entire tab. Okay, okay. What are you getting so upset about? Upset? I'm not upset. I said I'd come up with the money. No problem. And then that's a slight problem. Pan Pacific Shipping called me since they couldn't find you. They sent you a final expense check, but no fee. 
Right, Alfie. You were fired? You were fired. Which is why I decided to drop the case. These things happen. No big deal. Yes, I guess by now you must be getting used to being dismissed. Why are you getting so upset? I'm not upset. I don't need a mail delivery service and I don't need cover. <laughs> what happened to your hair? Oh, I'm just trying something new. How's the back, TC? Better. How did Pop want to practice go today? Great. Great? Practice went great? Why wouldn't it go great? You weren't there. Well, not exactly. I knew you wouldn't But I me. can explain. Oh, you can always explain. No, I was just about to leave for the park. I got this real important phone call. I knew it was a good idea to call Jerry Watkins, just it... in case. Jerry Watkins? Yeah, he never has to explain. He always shows up. Couldn't trust me enough? You called in a backup? Were you there? That's not the point. That's always the point. Uh, one thing, so in this masterwork of his show, one thing that Magnum concludes in the opening is that failure is one of life's few absolutes. Yeah. He's really feeling down, and he has Damn a whole it. scene where he's lounging around, looking very handsome in this man pajamas, pajamas, and all the men that he may or may not be in an intimate relationship come by and yell at him about his bar bill and just generally getting fired too much. Well... First, they're also very concerned about his haircut, too, which that got the one laugh line from me. And not that this was <laughs> supposed to get more laughs from me through the rest of the episode. But fly? Well, he said he's, he's trying to look more mature, and then the guy says, well, it looks weird. And he said, right, well, it's, right. it's going for that, either mature or weird. And then I laughed, and then he's like, okay. And then he just moves on. I'm like, all right, we'll go. <laughs> That was really real. That was a sick Rick job. Who hasn't been told they look weird with their new haircut? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the haircut's not bad. It's more of his traditional now, yeah. his traditional Tom Selleck haircut. But. And yeah. so what we were losing, I believe, we'll refer to the expert, but you told me it was the beautiful mullet. Yeah, we, we lost some volume in the back and so around <laughs> the sides. It was, mm. it was somewhere between mullet and, like, Jufro. You yeah, know, there, was, there's yeah. some flashbacks where I kind of got a glimpse of it, at least, and <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that's what I'm supposed to be <laughs> dealing with here. <laughs> yeah, the but, height of his hair story. Now he's kind of trying to mature. Uh, and also his friends are very unconcerned that Magnum is just sitting on the couch watching a video of planes <laughs> crashing and then rewinding to watch the planes crash again. <laughs> I believe that it was called Best Dead Dad Plane Blue. <laughs> 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 <Rewinding. laughs> I feel like that's a cry for help that's going unheard. So <laughs> yeah, I think if you look at the DSM-4 about depression, that's right in there. <laughs> These men who live together, love together, parentheses, yeah. weren't they all together in the war, thereby all going down together, if you will, yeah. in the in the way that soldiers do? And mm -hmm. so they all have PTSD together, and they all kind of, they all watch that dead dad's tape, like, on repeat. It's just <laughs> background. Noise. Yeah, but when you see one of them do it, the, the others, like, know that something's up and try to support them? Because you wouldn't think it's all happening at the same time, you know? That's, you got to lift each other up when the other's down, you know? 
Yeah, because they and they've done they did a PTSD episode where you know oh, yeah. like Rick had like decided he was gonna get revenge and forgot he was back in the city and not mm. in the jungle anymore. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one of those. <laughs> so they know, but they don't care. Yeah, they're they're more concerned about his finances at the moment than that right. he has none. His finances aren't great. Magnum flashes back to a fire that bummed him out. A soldier who was in a fire and burnt up his hands, and then he couldn't fly a plane good no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was sad. And I looked it up, and technically that's the same fire that Tom Hanks died in, in Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> they were at the barracks with Tom Hanks. That's... No, wait, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks also died. He was drunk driving. <laughs> yeah, Ted <laughs> Did Tom Hanks, like, drive his car to start the fire that killed Ted Danson? Like, I don't know. This guy yeah. had to save someone from his end. Yeah. Well, right. Squiggy weren't helping either. They spilled juice on the back. Oh, wait, yeah, no, because Tom Hanks, he died in Family Ties, I think, drunk driving. Right? No, he was just drunk, I think. I think it's Chandler who died. He alcoholic in, in Family Ties, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he died, though. I thought, but Chandler died in uh, Growing Pains driving drunk. That's true. Which we yeah. did actually review, as opposed yes. to Tom Hanks, which we might clear up later. But he would be great here in this war flashback. <laughs> Tom Hanks makes everything better, right? Throw him in, So yeah, they just kind of don't give much of a shit about him. And mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's kind of well established that he is a bum, right? Like, <laughs> again, part of the Magnum the Boy character is that he sucks at covering his bar tabs and he leaves stuff until it's quadruple overdue and then has to pay late fees. I mean, it's just kind of a part of his shtick. So, they, you know, they're really, like, leaning into it. And, yeah, it is it is very odd. I think, you know, maybe Higgins and Rick were having sex and then they decided <laughs> to come and yell at him and they were like, but let's not go in exactly at the same time. <laughs> He doesn't think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Higgins, uh, if you can't picture him, picture a Mr. Belvedere type. Mm-hmm. But it's, he's the voice of Kip in Night Rider. It's the same actor, and he has what we sometimes refer to on the show as the hairline of the oppressor. Aaron, <laughs> he did a Magnum Halloween costume. You ended up being Higgins. I did. <laughs> you also have that hairline. I do, Um, and... By season seven, his is pretty deep. That was pretty <laughs> impressive. That comb over action. I don't know if you were really looking at his. Yeah, style, but all the way there. It's it was like a, a hard line. And oh then yeah. You see, he's bald back to here. There was just like this like magic movie magic thing on the. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it came off real Hillary because <laughs> extra Hillary. He always comes off a little Hillary. Yeah, he's. Pretty fascist. Those Rottweilers are a little uh, ready to Dobermans, fight. Dobermans. Yeah, yeah. Sure, we don't see them. Yeah, episode. Zeus and Apollo, um, they could no longer afford to have <laughs> animal wranglers around on the set anymore. So Zeus and Apollo were very special uh, guests every now and then by this point in the series. And the original Zeus and Apollo had probably died. But... <laughs> are those his dogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. those are those are Higgins's uh, oh, Higgins attack Dober, Dobermans. <laughs> so where where's Magnum living? Hawaii. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, like what <laughs> okay. his house? Like that seems yeah, like so an expensive house. He's in. 
Yeah, yeah what's, what's this? In, in the canon of, of Magnum P.I. storyline, uh. a mysterious novel writer named Robin Masters. <laughs> this is true. I'm shitting you not. This is the real, or this is the real story of the series. Robin Masters owns this enormous estate. And he hired weird baby Hitler to guard it. And he hired Thomas Magnum. He just found this, the prettiest man that he could. And hired him to be, quote unquote, the house detective. The house detective. The house detective. Wow. And he's a handsome man. Wow. This sounds like... Uh... A show that was created because people just wanted to do, do a show in Hawaii and wanted yeah. sunlight, and they needed to crap out a premise. Well, so what? It oh wait, like, that's what happened. What it sounds like is, is the love boat, right? It's like the love yeah. boat with murder she wrote happening on it. Right? Okay. And so that's I'm sure that's what was the pitch. There was gonna the huge estate was gonna be like a fancy hotel. And then okay. he was going to investigate crimes about the guests, and they would have different guests churn through every fucking week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, right. yeah, yeah, for a TV show. And so the by the time, and, and again, like I said, people just didn't like some of the stuff that was happening, right? They mm-hmm. didn't care about certain things, and, and they focused on others. And so the show had evolved, like, hugely by the time this episode had, had come along. Mm-hmm. But he's still the house detective, technically. Yeah, he's still technically Robert Masters's house detective. House Nick, which is really what makes me feel the whole rent boy angle. I mean, yeah. do you just keep Tom Selleck around just to investigate your throw pillows, or just you <laughs> your throw pillow? Yeah. I'm gonna spoiler the entire <gasps> series. Buckle up! For no man, it's all a dream. Yes, the, <laughs> the, the, there's a there's a huge amount of dicking around about who Robin Masters is yeah. over the course of the series. Um, so uh, again, like, imagine the original conception of the series. Mm-hmm. Crazy mansion, crazy guests all the time, mysterious benefactor. They knew that they had to tease this a couple times and make it like a multi, you know, season reveal and mm-hmm. play around with it. They, you know, it, it's, the, it's their Stargate, right? It's their yeah, Stargate yeah. concept. But then seven effing seasons in, they realize their Stargate concept sucks. And nobody <laughs> gives a shit who this guy is. But you've still teased it so many fucking times, you yeah. have to put a bow on it. So they put a bow on it by saying Higgins was Robin Masters the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And he just liked Magnum and like, needed his help, but didn't was too proud to ask directly. So he would do it roundabout through Robin. But Higgins... Never likes Magnum. He's always up his ass about always something. Always up his ass. Yeah, like I said, it's a <laughs> terrible reveal. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, and TV shows are filled with people who are always up each other's asses, but then they're always like, but you're always special, and I always had a soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what kind of books did Robin Masters write? Is he like an Agatha Christie? Cause that's all I can yes, it's an Agatha Christie. Okay. It's 100% just... But he's a man. <laughs> They yeah. just wanted to make sure that... What if men could write mysteries, They too? weren't it plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I would also accept that the nice, blind black man from Gargoyles could be... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Winters. <laughs> uh, something. 
either the man or the Robin Masters. So, so when Magnum's not disappointing, his secret benefactor novelist, bald man that he lives with, he's also disappointing children and a helicopter pilot who is African-American, like the character in Gargoyles, and he's TC, and he <laughs> had a whole extra coach show up to Little League because he just fucking knew Magnum was going to blow it. Yeah, so I guess Magnum's a Little League coach, is that Not what I'm thinking? Not really! He didn't do it! <laughs> I, it was implied that he was just filling in. Like, he was filling uh, okay. in because TC had to do something. So TC is a coach. Yeah, TC's a coach, for sure. T- TC is a youth mentor extraordinaire. Wow! Yeah. Because it's cheaper than helicoptering? Um, also, it's a good explanation for why he and his helicopter can't be in episodes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this would be really a very easy to solve mystery if only we had a helicopter, but please, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sorry. yeah, you can't, like, use the Gandalf words every time. For yeah, he's in the Little League World Series in Cincinnati. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah. How yeah. about the spinoff all about TC's Mighty Ducks and shit? I actually, speaking, TC is my favorite character. He's one of the most underused characters in, in the series. Much. And he totally, his son should be the focus of a Magnum P.I. reboot, right? Yeah. And then it's that just... very Creed. Yeah, do a real Creed, but then it's just, um, uh, uh, uh what's the one with Baloo? With the... The Jungle Book? Or the, you know, the Tailspin. Tailspin. It's just the other one. Yeah, right? Because he owns a helicopter shipping concern or whatever. And then he gets into Adventures, or, or uh, Adventures of the Golden Monkey, right? Fly the Golden Monkey, that mm-hmm. What those were all originally What's based TC's on. What's TC's son's name? Um, is TC disappointed in his son? Yeah, he. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's super proud. TC, TC would be an awesome father. He'd be proud of his son no matter what he did. Is the helicopter his son? Maybe the helicopter is his son. He's like Turbo Team. <laughs> <laughs> From the uh, Gruel Orphans. The author from the Gargoyles episode, the blind author, is yeah. Jeffrey Robbins, would be Never his name. Never forget. Yeah, no. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But, so, Magnum, Magnum P.I., handsome mm-hmm. as he is, as many man friends as he has and is losing all the time, he's just feeling really pouty. And he's just going to go run away because it's almost his birthday. So he's going to go hide in Virginia where his mom lives. Psych! He goes to a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they keep saying that he's going to fly back to see his mom, which is... Is uh, his mom hot? Uh, she's... Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's a famous actress and she's done, she does like two or three cameos in the series. She's really fun. Um, I can't remember who it is. So they're like teasing that, hey, hey, we're going to have this really fun thing happen. And they're like, nope, psych, it's going to be another <laughs> swimming in the fucking ocean episode, bitches. <laughs> I think it's a good ritual to confront mankind's hubris on the 4th of July. America could take a note. Hmm. It's, it's, you know, something our veterans have to do because of the fireworks. So that's pretty much just what happens to Magnum every year at the block party. Someone sets off sparklers and then he's, in the tub with the shark again. <laughs> he and Herman are there, locked, <laughs> deadlocked. Um, so yeah, he he just starts like climbing up this kind of lame-looking hill, like not a real super yeah. big. 
It's a green mountain. Okay, so half of the shots are like, you know, that's an incline. That's that's a grassy hill. And then sometimes, though, there was one where he was on this rim of rock, and that was pretty cool. But then you, it was, like, really cool looking, but then you pan down, and you're like, he's, like, 50 feet up. Like, he didn't... Yeah. This is not anywhere <laughs> impressive. He's just stamping around in his Navy hat, like, just mm-hmm. walking up and down a hill and being mad about everybody for his birthday. Yeah, but already, yeah. like, you can tell it's kind of dowdy, like, late Magnum, because if they had dropped him in the jungle before, he yeah. would have been in, like, really fucking crisp, tailored right to his body, like, perfect tiger stripe, ripstop camo that makes oh, it look uh... like he's hunting, or, like, <laughs> plain, that plain, like, World War Two dungaree-like mm-hmm. look, they would, like, put him in that. So that he looked all buff and tough while he's doing his it. they shirt off as he, like, pecks out? Yeah. Pecks out, yeah. Real <laughs> deep V in there. Yeah, because he has that deep orange mahogany tan person skin that's mm-hmm. been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. But he's only kind of flashing forearms in this episode. Yeah, he just yeah. kind of rolls up his sleeves and he's got, like, mismatched BDUs. He's got, like... But he's kind of got velour tiger stripe pants on. Am I wrong about that? Because that's what they look like to me. Camel, it was, it was, it's a type of camouflage. Tiger camouflage. Tiger, tiger stripe. Yeah, yeah, but he's getting old. Presenting the Pitch Please podcast. Pitch Please, the game of the 60-second screenplay. It's a fun new game show where players pitch potential productions. With pretty much no planning. Armed with only their imagination and a deck of 53 fully illustrated movie cliches like... Sexy hackers. Vaguely European supervillain. Sport dog. Players get one minute to plan it and one minute to pitch it. Pitch, please. It's the big screen in a little package. Take my pitch, please. Now playing the movies from inside Inside your own That's it, I've had it. You're fired. Great. I know what you're thinking, and you're right. It wasn't worth going on. I knew that centipede bites didn't generally kill you, but on the other hand, I heard you could get pretty sick from them. I guess it had to do with the need to get to the top of this mountain, even if I wasn't sure why. You don't seem to be sure of anything, Mr. Magnum. I could always climb this mountain another day. You didn't even get the haircut I told you to get. Damn. It was from a different war, a different age of aircraft. This P-40 and the Navy Panther jet my dad flew had little in common as combat machinery. But the pilots who manned them weren't machines. Looking down on Pearl or on Korea, they probably shared in common a dream of finally going home. And may also have shared in common a moment when they knew they weren't going to. I guess that was my main reason for coming up here. The plane had obviously been shot down, probably during the Pearl Harbor attack. Had the pilot survived? Had he been found and rescued? Had he died in the cockpit or trying to get off the mountain? I didn't know. But maybe figuring out the answer would help resolve some questions that I'd never wanted to ask about another pilot. 
I know you're trying to solve the case, Mr. Magnum. I mean, I'm not sorry I hired you. But, and well, I need some something, anything to get Mr. Albertson off my back. Herman. We'll call him Herman. See, it's kind of like a sequel, The Return of Herman. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it worked the last time. Of course, the last time Herman was a shark. Oh, no. He's hiking, he's getting his Tinder profile pictures, stamping around, being mad, thinking about his mom, until mm-hmm. all of a sudden his progress gets Santa impeded. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm out. You two can take care of the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> right on the penis right as he's peeing right. and it gives him hyperbug hallucinations for the rest of the episode <laughs> well, yeah he starts getting super high yeah well he gets this voiceover he's like well i know what you're thinking i probably should just head back now because centipede venom whatever whatever he goes but you know i decided to keep going forward i'm like because you're an idiot, or what? Like, <laughs> like am I supposed, is this one of those where they're glorifying when people are stupid? Like, they try to climb a mountain by themselves and then, like, break their leg, and like, maybe you should, like, tell people where you are or something. I don't know. I think that is the lesson, is that we yeah. are, for better or worse, attempting to unpack some toxic masculinity, plug stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just go see your mom on your birthday. Yeah, exactly. Or if you get bit by a centipede, go home immediately, even yeah. if you're pretty handsome still. Well, now I feel like I'm going to get bit by a centipede once and then immediately go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, why are you here? There's a bug bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, we have a podcast, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very concerned about centipedes and chandeliers. Right. Pretty worried. We're like three weeks away from a whole bunch of Facebook, like, BuzzFeed, these top five centipede poison tricks that you didn't know. <laughs> stick a little on your ear pod and yeah. stick in your ear better. You know? Put some in your coffee to go home with diarrhea. Right, yeah. Maybe. Let's get the orphans on centipedes and if they're actually poisonous. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it's sure. a new bulletproof coffee. It's coffee and it's got like butter and whatever they have. Like, crazy oil and a little bit of centipede venom. <laughs> One fluff of Tom Selleck's chest hair. Well, autocorrect, did autocorrect to our centipedes poisonous? <laughs> good, good, we're on the trail. Much like Magnum, who, centipede or not, is stumbling around very handsomely all the way until he bonks right into his dad's ghost plane and finds his dead dad's bones inside and shakes him around a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, he... your bones. He does. He he talks about how he's like, this is from a different war from his dad's and like flying mm-hmm. a different place. Yeah, and he said, he's like, really. oh. you know, he's like, but but he's like, but I'm we're doing a metaphor thing. You know, pretty much yeah. stares at the camera. It's like, do you understand? We're doing a metaphor thing. It's <laughs> like this isn't my plane's dad, but you know, it's kind of my plane's dad or <laughs> my dad's plane. I'm saying my plane's dad. Yeah. <laughs> 
this helicopter. This is like <laughs> we gotta do turbo team now. I think. Yeah, yeah. The plane has a titty lady on it. That's um, half of the female cast of this episode. Right. There's two kinds of ladies. There's titty ladies and there's mothers. And there's a lot of overlap, actually. But <laughs> usually you can't process that about your own mother. Which is fine. So uh, he finds his dad's plane. Yeah. But yeah. not really. Yeah. It's just a plane. And he's, he is he gets in there and, like, rifles around for bones. Yeah. He finds a dad's plane. Let's yeah. just put it oh, that okay. way. Yeah. You can never find your dad, but some dad's plane. So I guess, uh, do we, what island did he end up on, or do we know? He's Don't just something, really know. Just some random one. Yeah, right. I'm never, I haven't, like, really looked into it mm -hmm. uh, about whether or not they used real island names or fake island names in the show. Molokai is the one that they're always talking about, and I don't know if that's a real one or not. Um, it's certainly some hill on Hawaii. Yeah, in yeah. The, in the yeah. There. I just wonder how often abandoned planes are sitting on hills in Hawaii. Right? But... Yeah, in scenic hiking areas of <laughs> yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, uh... When they are, they're guarded by deadly centipedes. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> also, they probably have a plaque with a memoriam in it. You know, a nice yeah, exactly. So, dads and fanny packs taking pictures. From the Gruel Orphans, Molokai is a real island. Okay. So we got that going for us. And then uh, centipede, so larger centipedes can have venom, but it sounds like it, they're only there to like make their bite even more painful. So they're kind of dicks like that, I guess. Okay. Not fun venom, just painful venom. But does it give you hallucinations? <laughs> Apparently not. Is what oh, <laughs> Magnum lied to us. Yeah. Couldn't he have, like, accidentally licked a slug? He, like, fell yeah. down and there's a slug on his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> like, my dad's penis is in my mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, just, he just drinks out of his canteen and there's a frog in there and just spits yeah. it out. <laughs> what the... Well, I'm going to keep hiking. It would make some more sense why he would go hiking if, if he just had a frog in his mouth versus I know that I got bit by a poisonous yeah. creature. So, David, when you get bit by a centipede, let us know if the doctor makes fun of you. All right, I will. I just don't know now. But you can do the thing where you, like, just have a trippy experience, even though it was just a fake pill. Yeah, exactly. A placebo effect yeah. could happen. Lean into that placebo. Sense of placebo. <laughs> oh, man. So, so the dad's plane is not full of dads, but it might have been. Magnum marvels about, like, if the, if the person who crashed here left or got away. And he does uncover the said boobs lady. Like, she's under some dust, and he, mm. like, cleans her boobs first by touching her. Yeah, yeah, as one does. Really invasive touch Absolutely. immediately. Male gaze, <laughs> instantaneous male gaze. But I was happy to have a female character. Yeah, <laughs> a nice French stew. That's what Magnum would say when he was banging all these French stewardesses. Yeah, uh, it's, it was nice to have a female character, but I felt she was a little two-dimensional. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She was. <laughs> Uh, and it's not his dad's plane, it's just some P-40 on a hill, which yeah. is a plane type. So Magnum gets bored, and he goes inside, <laughs> and he starts sitting on the plane chair and goes pew, pew, pew. Yeah, he's in there making all of the gun noises. Yeah. And, <laughs> and his exuberance about making bomb noises is so much that it starts to shake and rock. And I don't know 
don't quite how to describe this. Let's let David take a crack. <laughs> well, there's like a rumbling, and then he's like, decides like, oh, I guess I better get out of this, and then he gets out of the plane, but then it kind of rolls right onto his legs. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden the plane is big time on his legs, he's just like ah ah legs. And it's shot in a way that I'm not quite sure what the entire picture was supposed to look like. If I, you know, if it was a wide shot, but uh, right. somehow this plane ends up on his legs. But his legs are okay enough for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it falls on his legs in such a way <laughs> that somehow he is not immediately awoken. By the pain of a plane landing on his legs. Yeah. But not... He can't get him free. <laughs> and yeah. also it's unclear like, if he can feel them or not. I don't know. It's really unclear. They, they, they go into a portal and he can no longer tell what's going on with them underneath the plane. But he can't get out from it. That's what yeah. yeah. feeling. But I mean... Having increased flashbacks to a boss who's firing Magnum, to Magnum's dad who's not coming home on the 4th of July. Uh, I don't think we've got a shark yet, but it's coming. And Magnum is just one minute going, eh, 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 and the next minute, the like, sometimes you fuck the plane, sometimes the plane fucks you. <laughs> no. It just got on top of him. This is all after he's been bit by the centipede, for, but yeah. so for all I know, he did go home and like a dog sleeping on his legs right now. <laughs> and we just, we just really don't know what's going on anyway. It's like a trash can that rolled over his legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> <laughs> ah, like, I can't move. <laughs> he is over him with the just going to see on centipedes again. Yeah. <laughs> he's covered in bites. Oh. <laughs> Too much Molly at the club for Magnum. And now yeah. the plane Taking out his legs. Yeah, it, like weird shimmies, and then he like goes to go jump out of it, and then yeah. it stops moving long enough for him to jump out of it, and then it starts to roll again. But for whatever reason, when we wake up, we wake up face up, laying on the ground with it rolled over. Face up. Yeah, like just, just, just the... The calves, basically. Just, yeah, on his shins. He's like, yeah. I'm not getting a crick in my calves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ow. Jeez. Yeah, even the damn plane is sick of Magnum shit. And this is where we're going to spend most of the episode just, like, trapped under a plane and hallucinating about how ashamed Higgins, for instance, is. And he is, like, Magnum's sex dad now, so his opinion has a lot of weight. Well, we, we kind of skipped over the, the beginning where he was apparently on a job and then got fired from it. True, true. And so now we're getting flashbacks to him talking to the boss man who he was working for. And he's just, like, at, like, a dinner table with, like, d d candles. And I'm kind of yeah. confused in <laughs> yeah. the scenario of him talking. Like, is that just him hallucinating the flashback, or does this guy just really like uh, dark rooms with candles or something? I don't know. I think all of Magnum's businesses are, like, that romantic. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, this yeah. boy needs some candle on. Yeah, yeah. Like a super moody sperm. <laughs> yeah. Like... The good linens. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so there's this old man, Mr. Albertson, who's yelling at Magnum to find the numbers and get the money, and would I... 
Trust Magnum to do that for me? Not unless I had candlelight. <laughs> dreamy, dreamy eyes. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Do yeah. a lot of detective numbers work? I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Hmm. But would you recommend him on a job? Definitely not. Oh. For this sort of thing, no. This is not where he shines. This I'm is No. No. None of these idiots. Oh. These are these, oh. no. These are men of action. These are not men of numbers. They're not gonna find your. You're yeah. gonna hand them a bunch of books and they're gonna be like, oh, it sounds awesome." And then like your accountant's gonna get his knees broken and you're not gonna know why. They're not gonna. They're not gonna find where the missing funds are going to, or you know who's cooking the books. Yeah, yeah. They're just gonna be like. One name I find over all over these files. Simonson. Wow. And then you know. Simonson. Yeah. It's they're not the sort of guys that you would go to for that sort of crime. They're... Yeah, he's taking this job. He's a freelance book cooker, finder outer number yeah. man. A house detective has to do a lot of tax work, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it, again, the Robin Masters has not been airbnb out the Lanai Estates as often as he said he was going to, so he doesn't have a lot of crimes for customers to do. He's he's probably getting paid on a, a piece rate, too. He's doing, like, the Uber of PI work where you only yeah. get paid from the minute you start the case oh, until man. the minute you end, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Why you hang on? Guys are going to be here soon. See, the guys always sort of know when I'm in trouble and they come looking for me. I need some help. I gotta stop the bleeding before they start serving lunch. Last guy was here got out. Sort of. At least his body did. Cut it out, Herman. What game are you playing now? It is quite simple. You sign the admission of guilt, and you'll be let out of your cages. Oh, man. Let's have it now. Not if we keep our heads. And still you are cracking jokes. Are you what is called a tough Don't think about that. Think about something else. How many legs does a fly have? Hey guys, how many legs does a fly have? On the next spec script. Oh no, we gotta get the thing. Also, what is spec script? Oh, oh god, I, I have to write an episode of a TV show that I've, I've never seen an episode of? Oh no, and we have, we cast it with a bunch of great local Portland comedians and performers? And then we perform it live and record it and release it for you as a podcast called Spec Script? And it's a lot less irritating than this? No, it really is! Check it out on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And sing it live at Kelly's Olympian, second Sunday, 7 o'clock. Pacific time. Spec Script. Doodoosh. Yeah, so 
we're having dreams of this romantic boss who's disappointed, and we mm-hmm. also have Higgins come in and just kind of tell Magnum he's a dumb piece of shit because the yeah. plane fucked up his knees. And uh, let's see, we relish <laughs> the mistakes of our past when Magnum makes a new friend who might share in his predicament. It's a little tiny fly that is also similarly caught inside a spider's web, mm-hmm. which is a similar metaphor to a plane being on your knee. And they have a certain camaraderie. And oddly, because we brought up Brian Cranston before, and this reminded me of the Breaking Bad episode where he tries oh. to kill a fly the entire episode. And I'm yeah, like, is that one called The Fly? Too? It might be, I don't know. It's a bottle episode. But just one of those, yeah, weird episodes that tries to be, I don't know, more symbolic, I guess, than... Oh, yeah. So Than plot-driven, just like this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, Tom, Tom Selleck, when he walked up to the plane, he said, he looked into the camera and said, we're doing a metaphor, and then returned to, to business of acting, and then when the fly and the web showed up on the screen, he turned and said, we're doing it again. <laughs> That's deep. And then turned back. Mm-hmm. And started talking back to the spider again. And this is when I started to feel like I was on centipede. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he yells at the spider. The spider becomes his antagonist, as well as Higgins and his boss and his dead dad. And the spider, he names what he names, I guess, all of his antagonists. His animal antagonists, I think, yeah. Right, which is Herman. Yeah, He's yeah. like, we're doing it again, Herman. Return of Herman, yeah, son of Herman. Which is great, because this is when we get to see the first Herman, who appears to be a great white shark. Yes. Definitely. It's definitely a great white shark. Um, yeah. The, the big bad of the swimming episode is that at one <laughs> point, a shark starts to swim around him. <laughs> Tom Selleck just has to, like, be calm and not antagonize it and just like talk to him why can't you antagonize herman the shark uh because he was definitely he was really really far out in the ocean he didn't know which way to swim (laughs) Mm. so he knew that if he hit the shark even if it drove it away for the short term that it would come back and then attack immediately as opposed (laughs) to just i don't think that's how sharks work but uh... yeah he just he went on for a long time about the relationship with Herman. Did, again, that one, you think nothing happens in this one. Because um, <laughs> it, it doesn't, right? Like we, we, so what, what happens at the beginning of this sequence of him, you know, talking to the, to the spider is that he he's trying to save this fly from being eaten by a spider in a web. Mm-hmm. And He gives the fly some advice. Yeah, he, he takes it as a client. He starts referring to the fly as his client. Um, do you mean as a flyant? Um, every time he, like, gets too tired from helping the fly, he passes out and has, like, a little hallucination sequence of the case that he was just on that kind of always kind of ends with this really surreal part um, where... Higgins speaks to him directly about the situation that he's in right now that there's no way that Higgins could know about or mm-hmm. that he knows that he's underneath the plane. Or So so it's this this increasingly like dream-like world that he lives in, which I like. I, I think it's right. really cool. With Magnum just sweaty under the plane, getting frantic. I believe this is around when Magnum says to the spider about the fly, 
You wouldn't want him if you knew where he'd been, which is also <laughs> Magnum's situation. That's how he usually dodges trouble. Wow, yeah. <laughs> he's analyzing himself to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's analyzing a fly, and then he falls asleep, and his polytriad man friends look at him from inside a coffin. Well. And there's a shark. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then also a minute later, there's this serial killer that Magnum was tracking yeah. last season. So, so that's, <laughs> as, the, as the hallucinations get wilder, we go to other special episodes that we've done. So we go to uh, one where they were captured, attempting to free POWs or yeah. something, and there's a Russian who is leading the Vietnamese and <laughs> teaching them how to torture them. So there's that Russian dude who, like, shoots the people who, in the context of this episode, is so bizarre. Like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and it was, like, six and a quarter seasons earlier. It, was, it may as well have been from a different fucking series. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole other well, yeah. where we go from his legs to blood to Vietnam and saying the N-word. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the N-word was pretty jarring. That was right. wow. fun in there. The, and the, that was the Russian guy. Who said, well, see, I was thinking, like, is this, like, a flashback to, like, his Vietnam War? But apparently not. It was an actual episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, episode. And I guess I figured they had already filmed that for another episode, but this is something that actually happened at real time for that episode, that apparently Russians were getting Vietnamese to torture people. Is that something that I think? Vietnamese surprise. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's a it's a it's a kind of a conservative right wing show, right? It's about mm -hmm. military people and yeah. it's, you know, it's about cheating wives and, you know, businessmen who are getting fleeced or whatever, right? And it's got a ton of red fever stuff in it and it's got a ton of drug fever stuff in it, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, you know, they fight in like Nicaragua, you know, basically, <laughs> right? You know, they they, they, they They'll go there. <clears throat> and then we got this, this other weird flashback. Yeah. And the other weird flashback to this guy who looks a lot like Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reason he looks a lot like Buffalo Bill is that he was just a ripoff of Buffalo Bill. And... <laughs> That's the serial killer yeah. that he was tracking for, like, mm -hmm. the, the CSI hmm. type episode. Right. So the previous season, their special episode was one that they filmed in California instead of in Hawaii, and it was all rainy and dark, and they filmed it as like a, a noir, uh, <laughs> nighttime, serious drama, because, again, they were just trying to figure out how to fucking reinvent Magnum so that people would be interested in him again. Yeah. So there's this super weird flashback again to this, like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and he's like, kills himself and Magnum's yeah. mad Magnum's like no it's so and then weird. what about the next flashback where it's a pair of sexy cousins and they're selling haunted antiques <laughs> <laughs> what well, about that uh yeah no it's Oh. A lot of flashbacks. A lot of flashbacks. And, yeah, so they start getting weirder, and then they... Well, I mean, flashing back to that, them being trapped in the cage in Vietnam, like, that still made sense in the fact that Magnum's trapped now. Sure. I don't know where the serial killer guy comes into this, <laughs> or what. They just wanted to add drama, I guess. Yeah, I know. They're just like, we need, we need to throw some more scenes in. Let's get some memorable 
sequences, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, it was pretty scary, their Vietnam torture scene. They're doing yeah. the whole, like, tiny bamboo cages and mm-hmm. getting shot shit. And, whoops, somebody does get shot in this flashback. And then yeah, you look at Magnum's legs, which have been shot by the dad plane. Oh, bad times all around. Mm-hmm. And this is right about one of the times when Magnum is bemoaning how the boys always know to come get him. And he just has to hold on until the boys come. But maybe he shouldn't have told the boys that he was going to his mother's Virginia for his birthday. Because how are they going to find him now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they, they've always kind of done it before. They've always kind of, like, psychically known how to find him So before. that's a plot contrivance. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think so. It's kind of cool that they're acknowledging it but then not doing it you know yeah where he's like well of course they're gonna come save me and then they don't now he still survives spoiler alert (laughs) or does he robin masters is from groggles (laughs) (laughs) no magnums are an island except for this one and he's stuck on a hill under a plane tiny hill yeah so i forget at what point in the episode they did this, but he to get this to save the fly. He just closes his eyes and wishes the spider away, which is apparently what he did with the shark too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess that's the thing. Tell, he just <laughs> tells him that he's going to close his eyes for the count of ten, and he better be gone by the time he opens <laughs> back up again. That's how Magnum got rid of all his other lovers we'll see i'll try that in my life and see who i can make go away and we'll see how well it works <laughs> yeah. does he also blow the spider or is that when he's he wishing? Blows at him yeah. yeah you can you can try to blow at people and then wish try. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's way more baller move to just blow <laughs> someone's annoying just blow in their face and see what they do <laughs> Terrible. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so Magnum's having delusions of the boys. He wants to save him. And this is about where he sees them in the coffin, just talking shit about his dead ass. Yeah. How he was yeah. a very good Little League dad. Mm-hmm. And Magnum's still just, the plane is fucking him. But then he remembers the way he gets out of problems is by fucking things. So he looks <laughs> around and he finds a stick. And this stick is sooner or later going to be the answer to all his problems. First of all, he pokes the spider with the stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that hermit. Yeah. He, he knows that there's this thing that he could use to try and pry the plane off of him over to the side. He's, like, seen it, but he knows he can't reach it. And, but then he's in the middle, he's in the midst of hallucination. He's in, like, full hallucination. And... Then he looks over, and the spider's about to eat the fly, and he, like, reflexively, like, yanks this thing out of the plane, and then uses it to poke the spider away from the fly. Is it the plane's dick, technically speaking? Is this dick bone? Yeah. Because the, the plane is dead, you mm-hmm. know, and parts yeah. of it have started to rot off, but it's still got the dick bone. Right. The dick bone's one of the last things to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still find dick bones of... Very old plane. <laughs> Wright Brothers plane stick bone is in yeah. the Smithsonian. It's made out of wood, right? Uh, no. No, it is made out of uh, skytanium. <laughs> so he finds the stick, put, and then he, like, is really stoked about it, and he almost doesn't even, like, acknowledge, hey, I found a thing that's going to help me live. 
<laughs> he like bends it in half, and he looks like he's just about to throw it away, kind of. He's, which he's freaked me it. out. Yeah. He, he looked like he was just going to be like, whoop, and then just, mm -hmm. and then he just kind of like, oh, wait a minute, and then he bends it into a thing, and then uses it to poke <laughs> the stick over to him. And I'm just questioning the physics of everything this entire time. <laughs> Because he's, like, using it as leverage, but it's just, like, right next to his body. And I'm like, I don't know how much more <laughs> uh, lift yeah. you're getting off that you could just, couldn't just do with your hands when the way he was doing it, you know? I don't know. For sure. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the actual pride, <laughs> the real pride when yeah. we get there. Because we're not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. I hope everybody can do the physics and, like, get the triangle of their eyes yeah. and work on this fulcrum. We're going to solve it together. Because he, he tries to hook the thing, and it doesn't work. And then he's like, I'm going to take a little nap. <laughs> and then he goes to sleep, and he has more hallucinations. Like, um, and let's say one of his hallucinations is when he was a sweaty lounge singer. Yeah. Singing mm -hmm. about being as helpless as a kitten in a tree. Yeah, he sings Misty at karaoke, which is... It, this whole Relatable. thing is like a third of a, a clip episode. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very special clip episode. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work for a clip episode. <laughs> uh, so they they do you know um yeah we we see Misty and then we see yeah people are like bemoaning his death and yeah, then we get making funeral shot making fun of him uh, for dying um, and talking about how he went and that it's best to go fast because yeah getting dehydrated under a plane isn't that good. Yeah, they're questioning whether it was the venom, the dehydration, or bleeding out, I think, they all. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so, eventually, Higgins just shows up and tells them that if he doesn't wake up right now, he'll never wake up ever again. And he wakes up, and he looks down at his legs. His leg is bleeding. It has fresh red paint <laughs> kind of poured on it. And he's like, no! My paint! And he, like, takes his belt off. And ties it oh, around the leg this to, like, the stop the bleeding. Where, and he's also looking at the titties lady on the plane this yeah, whole time. Yeah, he's talking yeah. to the titties lady. Well, uh, yeah, so, first of all, he says, I have to stop the bleeding before lunch. True. Which is always good advice. I just want, I wanted to know that. that that's, you, you that's, can't, so maybe you just have to sit through it. <laughs> just, before lunch, make sure the bleeding is stopped. Uh, secondly, yeah. no, so he's like, yeah, he's looking at the titty lady and he says, Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Thomas Magnum. And then he unbuckles his belt. Like, it's like, this is like pure instinct for him, right? Like, this is him going to his base nature, which is what he's done his entire life, which is introduce himself while taking his pants off, I think. Is that? <laughs> yeah, he's operating on auto drive. Yeah, exactly. And that is one of the tiny bits of, like, comic relationship. That's kind of it. <laughs> uh, other than, as the hallucination the fly about the movie the fly and not the gold bloom remake yeah 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 i think i speak for everyone here are the fly sorry no he's talking about the 1950s ass shit with the help me which is which i found which is actually was kind of another laugh line because yeah. he then started realizing that the movie the fly might be offensive to flies and so then i had to apologize right. but he had this grotesque hairy face well that might be you might sympathize <laughs> with that and yeah, Magnum's got okay empathy for a conservative. Yeah. 
uh, he's he's a very empathetic guy. He, mm-hmm. he, he does a lot of you know things for just kind of the goodness of his heart. He ends up being kind of a, a sucker in that. Oh, <laughs> uh, just real quick, I like in the funeral scene when TC is telling Higgins he never appreciated Magnum enough. <laughs> you don't think about at her funeral. Man. <laughs> You didn't never say Magnum was cool enough. <laughs> that was comic relief. And then to go back to the pants unzipping and the titty lady on the plane, who among us would have been at all surprised if it was just like the plane like rocking for the next 15 minutes and then fade to black, right? Or, or he unbuckles his belt and then they just do a wide shot and then the plane just kind of like rolls off of him. <laughs> Wait, do you mean that he used his dick and not the plane's dick? Yeah, that's how he's getting the leverage, yeah. Give me a lever large enough and I can move the world or something else. He has to get the boner of a lifetime. <laughs> well, high on centipede juice. And yes, I would say the best way to do that is to imagine your boss yelling at you with a pussy face. And he looks kind of like a fly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the special effects for this fly face were not uh, top-notch. It was, uh, it was clearly <laughs> like this weird rubber match. I think those were incredibly top-notch. <laughs> so hey, genius. You've got to get us and we're doubling yeah. up against you now. We're friends and tough. I'm going to hang up on you now. <laughs> Depends on what you're looking for, I suppose. I'm just <laughs> Magnum. How about you? Oh. Shy, huh? Well, maybe I'll call you Misty. Look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. Look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you, Mr. Magnum. Stop singing and try to concentrate on my problem. I did it. Confidence. Is that what you wanted, Albertson? Must have been awful going that slow. Yes, poor devil. I can't believe it. After all those shootouts in there, Mrs. Ifani goes from a centipede by TC. He bled to death. The officers are coming from dehydration. Higgins, I'm sorry, but I read the coroner's report. And I was a coroner in North Africa in 1942. I was recruited to perform emergency autopsies for Prince... Higgy! Yes, of course, sorry. Well, whatever got him, at least he cracked the case that was bugging him. I trust you're not referring to that absurd message Magnum left on the mountaintop. Higgins, Thomas had to have pinned it on the right guy. Why? Simply because it was his dying decree. You never gave Thomas a proper respect for his abilities, Higgy. That's not true. Yes, it is, and you were always messing with his mail, too. thing to the boss man, Mr. Albertson, every time. And I like yeah. the part before the final when it was just this black head with these P 
pink fleshy lips. Yeah. <laughs> like a fly. It looked like somebody had made a sex robot. It really did. Um, with a vagina face. It was really like, headbutt fuck you. And it just kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Like made little like sad mewling noises. Too. It was pretty gross. And then Magnum kisses it and his mustache gets pulled in and then it turns into a Cronenberg video drone. Making James Wood's face again. It's wow. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah. Magnum ends up with the plane stick and then the fly ends up with Magnum's dick and then yeah. Just a man with a fly dick running around town. Yeah. Yeah. David, when you saw these special effects, were you elevated to a different plane of dad's boss, 40-year-old feelings? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I was truly elevated. <laughs> the, the fly vagina face really made me start thinking about my own place in the world here. And as, I, as the years... As, <laughs> yeah. Years go by and I'm marching towards my middle ages. And I'm like, what does this vagina fly have to say about me? Is what I was thinking. Like you're fired. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Fired. Fired. Like... Yeah, so, so Norman Fell is actually the boss. And the then actor? there's. Yeah, he's the actor who is doing the camera mm -hmm. there. And he's like a famous sitcom actor from the. 60s and 70s. Has I can't he remember. been in Magnum before? Or is this his only cameo? Uh, I think this is his only oh, cameo high. in yeah. Magnum. But he was in fucking everything, right? He was one of those guys who just... He had a couple series in the 60s and 70s, and then he did cameos on stuff all the way until he died. You know, just like every damn year. Um, and... Then there's the client guy, and the client guy has the 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 fly makeup on him, and so yeah, we're, we keep bouncing back and forth, and we slowly reveal, you know, kind of over the course of it, that um, the metaphor that they've been going for is that Magnum kept going back to the boss, just like the fly kept flying into the spider's web. Oh. <laughs> Is that saying that capitalism is a destructive system? Wow. <laughs> Maybe. You just took it to the end level, but that's, yeah, I can see where you could get there from here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm stuck on these webs, yeah. And I'm not sure what to make. Maybe I wasn't thinking hard enough about this episode. <laughs> Try but, thinking harder, David. But we did. It. it may have been early on the episode. I'm trying to think of when it happened, but we do learn that Magnum got his hair cut for this guy, for yes. his boss. Because he, for whatever reason, he demanded that he get a better haircut. Yeah. And yeah, Magnum did it, which just is like, just... You need to look professional. So he got his haircut mm -hmm. to look professional. <laughs> I don't know what that says. It kind of makes Magnum kind of a pushover, right? I'm... Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's the pussy that's on the fly's face. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the metaphor goes deep. <laughs> <laughs> but who's the smoke monster? That's what I want to know. I think it's TC's son. <laughs> Ghost of the helicopter. That's fine with me, because yeah. I've never watched that series. You all were so sad when it ended that I felt really justified. I have never watched Lost. Aha, uh -huh. David, have you watched Lost? Yeah. Let's gang up on David again. <laughs> you fool. In fairness, I don't know. <laughs> I was young and into new things, you know. 
Here's a new show with all this kind of weird uh, serialization that I've never seen before from a primetime show, you know. True, true. I'm going to mix it up, you know, it's going to be crazy. What could go wrong? You didn't know. We all, yeah. we all learned. <laughs> we all learned the TV can peter out and get bad. Yeah. You can die under a plane unless you use the dick from the plane yeah. to mm-hmm. poke the spider. Then itch your back where it has been itchy. Then, I like the part where Magnum says to himself, try to remember physics, because that would be what I would say to myself before (laughs) I start jerking it around. Although I'm not sure what we saw was actual physics. (laughs) I feel very physicked by it. (laughs) A plus. He actually, there's like a lot more preamble with getting the plane's dick. Yeah. Because remember, he like tries to pull it, and then it doesn't come. (laughs) <laughs> and then he like, ah, like passes out again or something. some fucking thing happens and then he comes back to it and he's like ho ho and he just like pokes at it at the bottom of it with the end of the stick Sometimes for a really long time <laughs> and then it just like digs like one tiny dirt out from underneath it and then it he just like beep, and then it rolls like a foot closer to him he's able to get it <laughs> how it goes, right? That's the process of lovemaking. Mm-hmm. What happens when you remember physics? Uh, <laughs> you, you can control the matrix like you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he could technically have just like blasted the plane off of his abdomen at that point <laughs> to jack it off and get it off completely. And I like the part when he's poking the spider with the stick. He's, like, telling the fly, like, not to listen to his advice because it didn't work out so good for the last fly. So we're one fly down. Yeah, he acknowledges that he may have lost a fly at somewhere in there, which I like that, too. I thought that was was decent. But sooner or later, through the power of physics, somehow, I guess, the plane... Gets yeah. tired of pinning Magnum because we just see him shambling like a Sasquatch. Well, yeah, so <laughs> he, he, he'd been hearing some gunshots before. And he's like, am I imagining that? And he's like, all right, I'm going to get this plane off of me. So they like, takes the plane's dick and, like, shoves it under there. But he, like, really wedges it under there to, like, get yeah. the leverage to move it up there. But I'm like, that's not how you do a lever. You need it, like, far away. Like, that's where the oh. physics and the fulcrum happen, you know? You need a fulcrum, too, but... Yeah. Well... Yeah. <laughs> It got there just as much as it got over him, which you yeah. have, like, three shots, and then all of a sudden the plane's there. So yeah, he and then he, he got... Yeah, he kind of... So, right, as, as we're kind of getting to the end, yeah, he's hearing these gunshots, mm-hmm. which is another callback, actually, because there's a previous episode where he's lost, and he can't figure out what he is, he and he hears these gunshots, and he realizes that it's, like, some naval artillery testing thing and he's got to get off of it it's a, it, so the gunshots is another callback have it's like dense with callbacks. seen the callback of the gunshots when it's at magnum's funeral and he's wearing his dead dad's watch and they're shooting the salute guns yes we've seen um that was from the one with the shark we see that's when we oh. first see the magnum's dad's funeral stuff because we learned was the, the story shark at the funeral watch. Paying yeah. respects. <laughs> uh, he just pissed on the grave. And then <laughs> uh, really the class, even for a great white shark. Yeah, I know. You don't expect much from the great white, but even that was low, you know? Yeah. A lot of the other sharks didn't attend. 
<laughs> Not all white sharks is what they say. You know? <laughs> Daddy shark too, too, too. Uh, yeah, so, so, so Magnum gets out. He kind of gets out off camera. Yeah. yeah, so, he's yeah. Like, oh, fucking <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, he shoves the plain dick in there. Yep. He's like, all right, I got, I'm going there's four or five ways I could roll this that I wish I hadn't. And then he just like, <laughs> and he like looks at his the, his fly friend and he's like, let's do this. And then, fuck you, Herman. And then we just kind of like cut. Yeah, they're like special effects aren't don't have they don't have the budget for it. So let's just move <laughs> away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they spent it on vagina fly, and they're like, "There's no plane moving budget here, so we just gotta pretend it." By the way, I'm going to insist upon to Austin as a screen cap for this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's fair. more than fair. <clears throat> yeah, so I like the tension of this next scene. They make you take it on faith that Magnum died or lived or whatever until yeah. you get the POV of two weird Bayou rednecks. Who yeah. just have their guns trained on the <laughs> and the shrubbery for this long drawn out scene? Yeah, somehow. Who should wander out with the Sasquatchiest Magnum you've ever seen, all limpy and bloody and muddy? Yeah, for some reason there's Cajuns in Hawaii. <laughs> I and know. they're like. On this remote island deciding to hunt, you know? <laughs> they're just like, Masui, yeah. I'm gonna go find me a bear. And they're like. Who does a dab thing? Yeah. Right. And you know what you don't do on Hawaiian Islands? Uh, what? Game hunt. Because there's no game to hunt. I can tell you that much. They're going to be walking around for a long time. <laughs> they just want to go shoot planes. It's its own game. It's the deadliest game. It's the deadliest. I mean, are they going after the fish? Or, like, turtles in the ocean? Or what? I mean... <laughs> yes, I think some of the islands have some, like, pigs or war dog, But you just... There's no hunting on the Hawaiian Islands. I'm sorry to. They dine on turtle soup. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't lie. Aaron would lie to go along with my cannon because we share a you. But David, did you feel like these men were close to shooting Tom Selleck for this whole scene? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, you you feel like you're going to go into deliverance territory, right? And like Tom Selleck's gonna have to squeal like a pig and. What a jackpot to find Tom Selleck for your <laughs> Wow, No wonder he was so slow to put that gun down. Yeah, he exactly. Really to think about it. But he does. He, like, points a gun at him for way longer than... If, it's like, a... if you saw somebody thirsty coming out of the woods, and you had a gun pointed at him, you'd be like, whoa, are you okay? Like, pretty quick, right? I don't know. I should look it up, but I think, but I won't. I'm just going to go with this story because I'm fairly sure it's true that, like, because, you know, Leonard Skinner was in that uh, plane crash, right? Oh, shit. And then one of them, like, they didn't all die, right? And then one of them survived the plane crash and then, like, started wandering, you know, to get help or whatever. And he goes to this farmhouse and then the farmer opens the door and then shoots him with a shotgun. Oh, no. And I think he survived that, too, because, you know, it's not, but... That's not that big of a deal. Dude. Well, no, no, I'm just saying. I don't know. We video games make you think a shotgun's instantly fatal, but it's that's not how it always. I think he got shot in the leg or something, but it's because it's like a splatter shot, right? So it's like a lot of little small bullets. Yeah. Shot. <laughs> My only point is, it kind of sucks to survive a plane crash only to get shot by the next person you see, which is kind of what uh, Tom Selleck is dealing with right now. It's a big, big, big old bummer, but you know. And then I <laughs> home Alabama. Yeah, because he loves 
how nice people were. To <laughs> sarcastic song. <laughs> and all the rest of the people were ghosts on it. How many? How many Leonard Skinnerds died? I don't. I should look it. And now you're gonna make me look this stuff now up. I kind of wonder if you could get an orphan if you have one available. Most yeah. people like to stay with Austin because it's warmer. Gives them more blankets. I yeah. thought that you were. Mm-hmm. Wanting to interview one of the orphans of one of the Skinnerds that oh, died. Oh, do I have any of those? We check ratings. Add your contacts to Skype here and see if we can find <laughs> them on there. No, no, just a bunch of other different... Different orphans. Different orphans. Here, I'm gonna prove it. Prove what? Why do you want to know if I have an address in Switzerland? I fired you this morning, remember? Now get. I thought I had you. I had. who you wanted to be when you were younger and who you expected you would be by now. The plane is a P-40. That He names the type of it, and it is a P-40, going back to my own. All right, all right. Wow. So it's all about 40. 40 is the magic Let's number for later. this episode. Hmm. So I was communicating with the gruel orphans. Uh, three of Leonard Skinner died. Oh, 
the uh, Cassie Gaines, Steve Gaines, and Ronnie Van Zant. R.I.P. Cassie and Ronnie. Plus their road manager, yeah. Uh, but so, did we get to the end? <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and take it on home. All right. Oh, we're going because we're going over the theme that so he's getting old and yeah, that's what. Yeah. Well, not, not, I mean, not, I'm not trying to. Yeah, take I know. it all the way there. Yeah. So but Magnum can... is muddy as hell, but mm-hmm. his leg is only a little crumply. So he just kind of limps down like a Sasquatch and then rolls straight into Robin Masters' chaise lounge like a yeah. blood-covered demon and starts paying bills. That's, not... that's the most important takeaway for me is that they do not help him. The people who are pointing <laughs> guns at him, yeah, they don't, they're not like, hey, come over no. here, we'll help you. They just like... Eventually lower their guns, and he just walks away from <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, help him by not shooting him. And then he gets home, and then apparently he just gets to work without ever, like, bathing or anything yeah, or getting checked up. He's just like, all right, let's crunch these numbers and look at the books now and see where... He's going to fucking get his bread. He's, like, <laughs> ready for it. And Higgins is pouting because he's on all the nice furniture, and Magnum is, like, seriously a, a swampy man. Like, his voice, because he gets on the phone, his voice is, like, all hoarse, because I assume he's dehydrated. I'm like, drink some water, take care of yourself for a little bit, Magnum. Yeah, he's still got centipede neck going, you know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> there's, like, a neck bulge they put on the boss, because while Magnum is dehydrated, he is hydrating with, this is true, a bottle of beer. Calling up that boss while he's in mud and being like, I know it was you that took the money, you fool. Yeah. You it from your Cayman Islands or whatever. And, yeah. I, and so I assume he didn't know this before he went on his little excursion, right? So so when did he find this? So he came back without even cleaning up to like find this information out? Yeah. that That's the... So he says he found Swiss bank accounts. <laughs> yes. This. He did that. Filthy. <laughs> he came home filthy, bleeding, dehydrated, still covered in plain cum, and he <laughs> just, <laughs> everyone's cum. The jumbo cum. Somehow he got them to lower their guns. That's all we know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Doesn't even scrape off the grind, and then he just like calls up Switzerland. Hey, Switzerland. <laughs> Doesn't know if you're on the phone how much cum you have on you. Especially in the 90s. They might know now. I got so much plain cum on me. I need you to tell me, does this one specific guy have two bank accounts there? And they're like, in spite of every single piece of information that you've ever been shared about how our banking system works. We will. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> would you would you like to know the finances of any Nazi? Yeah. <laughs> you found the shortcut. It's that you just ask her. If you if you ask directly, we, we, we have, have to, to tell you. Yeah. It's the old war rule. How much plain cum does the customer have? Um, He's so, a premium member. He's premium. And and, and okay, so call Switzerland. Broke down the international banking <laughs> yeah. system. Over the phone. Decoded that account. <laughs> found it. Called Carol at City Hall. And also the district attorney <laughs> briefed them on the entire situation so far. 
and the board of the company before he called this last <laughs> All without deciding to wash any of the plane gum off of him at all. Like, he's just... You're filthy, grimy. You're hot, but... you're hot. You're just... <laughs> and, yeah, and also, bear in mind, none of this is actually urgent. Like... Yeah. This isn't like an assassination attempt that he has to thwart, so no time for showering. Like, well, there's an innocent guy in jail. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. All right. Right. I forgot how soon we forget about the POWs we leave along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's presumably being hunted by a prison great white shark. <laughs> <laughs> shark prison, eh? I know, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's okay. Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely filthy, but he cracked the code. He did some really cool mm-hmm. hacking via phone calls, and it turns out the fly boss has been evil and stealing all the numbers this whole time. And Magnum takes that information, and now he's able to pay off his bar bill. And Rick and Higgins are, you know, just kind of getting higgy with it and just being offended at Magnum, but they're also proud of him because he, despite being yeah. a man, he's really grown up but, this weekend. But how does, like, Busting your boss get your money. Like, um. Uh. Okay, so. Hey, <laughs> you laid this out pretty well. <laughs> All right, you have to be paying like pretty close. Uh, okay, <laughs> you're right. I'm busted there. Then I get it. Wait. Busted. Yeah, sorry, but also it's super fucking long, you guys. Super long. These episodes are so long. Um. He was hired by the company. Okay. The client who was embezzling for a reward. There was a boss who was always standing in the way, Norman Fell. Mm-hmm. There was a client who was an accountant who had found the evidence of the embezzlement, who was the guy who kept turning into the fly. Norman Fell pinned it on the guy who found the fly. Yeah, okay. He went to jail for it, but because of the fact that there was not... Thomas Magnum hadn't produced the evidence that that guy is the one who did it, he had not received the reward money from the company. Mm, no, I see. paid his expenses. And through actually solving it and proving where that money had gone, mm-hmm. he was given the reward money and the guy was going to be released from prison and Norman Fell was going to go. Yeah. Magnum does work when he's covered in plain cum, doesn't he? <laughs> it's it's super. really soupy up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Popeye. As soon as that plane cum hit him, it was like... <laughs> bar bill was. And is that something from the days of yore? I don't believe I've ever not closed a tab. I know. A debit card. Sure. Yeah, tabs. A a tab that lasted more than a night is definitely a thing of the past. Maybe Mm -hmm. if you know somebody. Yeah, it it feels like a small town thing that might happen when everyone knows each other, so you just don't get away. But they wouldn't do it for somebody they didn't know either. I know Norm is doing it on Cheers, but that is another... Mm-hmm. Another boomer, so who knows how sure. it is. And you know, and yeah, Rick would have given him some sort of tab because Rick's bar is on Robin Masters' estate. Oh, okay. oh, geez, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is quite the estate. Owner. Yeah, Rick owns uh, Rick's All American is the right. name of his bar. And we should note, since Aaron's a super fan, a friend of ours gave you the book that Rick, the actor, wrote, and uh-huh. it's all about just how pretty. Magnum is uh, <laughs> wearing lifts and being extra and sneaking into production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of recipes for 
Like, yeah. But like shitty casseroles, right? It's not. It's like Italian food. It's okay. called it's called Aloha to Magnum. <laughs> it's um like 176 pages, and half of it is memoirs about making Magnum, and half of it is recipes <laughs> for Macati. And you know, uh, um, it's great. It's a really cute memoir. You know, he had a great time. You yeah. could tell. He looked like he did, and he did. He got just kind of a cushy role, got to hang out. Yeah, just got to do, like, the fun seasons, and then just got to bail out. Kind of <laughs> and, yeah. Um, he, it, I don't know, everybody seemed to really enjoy working on the show. Like, well, every <laughs> memoir that I've read of Magnum P.I., I don't think I've had, I've read any of them that were like, it was a fucking slog, you know mm-hmm. I mean? I think shooting in Hawaii always helps things. And, you know, yeah, you're gonna... Sunshine Park, <laughs> yeah. men, I could mm-hmm. while away some, some shoot days on those sets. Sure. So, so one of the last things we have in this episode is uh, Higgins, finally, Magnum hangs up the phone all sassy because he fucking wins. And Higgins is like, dude, are you okay? Like, what the fuck? You're watching that plane explode again and now you're a blood man, a mud man and a cum man just full of it. And he's like... I'm so good because I slept in mother's tub. They, like, yeah. Do no. that and then they like wink at each other. Well, I thought, did he sleep or slip in mother's tub? Huh? Slipped. Yeah. Yeah. Shower. That changes the context. Okay, like, so mother's tub is a yoni symbol. Oh, yeah. And slipping <laughs> in accident. there is, so is that, is that, I diarrheaed myself. I peed on my mother, I think is what that means. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's like you look injured. What happened to you? He's like, oh, I slipped in the tub, which makes no sense when you're that filthy. And it's like, was the water not running? Or like, nah, obviously he knows it's bullshit, so it's like, whatever. But I'm like, that's like the worst excuse for whatever what happened to you is I slipped like in the it sounds like yeah, I know. Coils would say. Is there a precedent for this? Do they talk about mother's tub? No, no. It, what? It, it, I thought for sure it was well, a thing that they would say. Well, they, he he had said that he was going to go hang out in Virginia with oh, his mom. So yeah. Everybody yeah. thought he was in Virginia. So he needs and, an excuse for of, he was going to be coming back, and he was like, "Why do you look like shit?" He's like, "Cause I slipped in mom's tub." Into the toilet. Yeah. Like poop. And then he'd be like, well, wouldn't you, like, fix yourself up before coming back from Virginia? But at the same time, having a plane fall on you, you'd still think you'd fix yourself up before you're actually, like, on the couch watching TV. But not Magnum. (laughs) If you're in the tub, why not clean off some of the shit that's so inconsiderate to the person sitting next to you on the plane? Yeah, no, he... His insistence on doing his business in, in the dirty, dirty raw, um... <laughs> pretty strange. Magnum's a flying shit, and it wouldn't bother him if you knew where he's been. Exactly. <laughs> That's his ultimate technique. Now, also, a shit-covered dick huh. at the end of the night that huh. everyone gives a wide enough berth to. Nice. That's, hmm. Well, all right, that was Magnum P. Well, well there's there's the stinger at the end, though. Oh, is it the stinger from a bee? <laughs> well, a fly gets on his neck, and he kills it. And then he gets a, oh shit, I just murdered my client face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is a metaphor for what he kind of did to uh, <laughs> the oh, boss, who I guess wasn't technically the client then. Dense layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, a classic Belisario, oops, <laughs> did I do that sort of 
you know, cut out at the end, yeah. right? Like, oh boy. If, if it had played, you know what I mean? You yeah, exactly. Immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get a fucking... And then he leaps into Charles Rocket's lap with his mouth. Like, yes, I gotta do this now. Remember that? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he kills the fly, and that's Magnum P. Fly. Uh... No, that's the fly he killed, which is sad. He named him after himself, and then he just straight up murders him. <laughs> Who hasn't self-murdered themselves covered <laughs> in mud after sleeping in mother's tub? Uh, yeah. I can't say I hadn't. Can <laughs> <laughs> to catch up. The probability, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm sorry that that yeah. was like the episode of Magnum that you had to watch. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. There that's are definitely great. funner ones. It's a gift. This is what we do. We give them the worst of something we love, and they kind of deal with it. I'm afraid there's no way you could have accomplished that feat, Mr. Magnum. What on earth? Rick, hi. No, I'm fine. Listen about my tab at the club. What could possibly have you? You can tell the accountant to expect a check by the beginning of the week. Bye. Magnum? Hi, Higgins. What happened? <clears throat> I solved the case. The reward money's on its way. No, I mean... I slept in my mom's tub. <clears throat> Higgins. You slept in your mother's tub? Yes. Quiet. To be fair, I did find it interesting, like, especially talking with you, Aaron, about it and how much, like, continuity there is to this show, which is more than I would have thought going into it. I would have thought it's just completely episodic, you know? Yeah, it's it seems like it's going to be strictly episodic, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, it starts off that way. Yeah. But Knight Rider started off that way, too, right? <laughs> Knight Rider started off with, like, a, a real strictly, like, one zazzy thing per week, and then kind of evolved into now we've got to explore the history of Michael Knight and he, you know, because Hasselhoff became the draw. Yeah. <clears throat> the same thing happened here. Tom Selleck became the draw. Clearly, w- women were into him and they needed him to have more depth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they were striving to make that happen. And it didn't last all that much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. Another 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Is there any more creature work in the series? How many other times do you get like a fucking spooky fly face man or anything like that? Never? Two, two other times, but nothing on this level. Is the shark ever like talk? Is it like, fuck no. you, dude? Um, he, finds a, he finds a mysterious underwater boy. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. This is a Mahalcom movie. Wait, wait, wait. I, you said words together. I'm still trying to piece it in my mind as to what you're actually yeah. talking about. Calm down after the arc of that story. And now I'm peeking into the I'm underwater boy. Yeah, an underwater boy. He finds an underwater boy, like you do. A boy who lives underwater that nobody else sees and who doesn't ever have to breathe. And he chases him for a time. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's, that's very normal. 
Uh, <laughs> and there's not a lot of makeup in that. It's just a wet boy. Um, <laughs> just to get a wet boy. Yeah. Huh. Well, we all start out as wet boys, and then we slip in our mother's tubs. There's more and we like become wet men. <laughs> Maybe if we try. Uh, like Tom Selleck. He's a, the wettest man I know of. <laughs> Would you say that this was an effective special episode? <laughs> this is it certainly affected us now. Yeah, this is Donald Belisario trying to give you the ultimate Magnum PI special episode. <laughs> he's trying to chop every other special episode that he's ever done and every special episode trope that he can think of to wedge into this thing <laughs> into the fucking salad. The mm-hmm. thing is jumping the shark when you just kind of talk to the shark If Herman had come back in this one yeah, and I would then, like, that towed one. him somewhere, <laughs> that would have been great. The shark comes and, like, lassos the plane and, like, swims and pulls the plane off. And it's the 18 theme for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually great. And then fucking Hannibal pulls off the mask and it turns out he was the shark the whole time. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. Effective. I mean, this certainly wrong of a show really trying its best to be next level. And... <laughs> like, like, we're going to do something artistic that'll make you think it's going to win every Emmy we know of. You know, this is this is what the people crave, right? And, uh, it, no, I don't... <laughs> well, <laughs> coming in cold, too, doesn't help. Like, these very one-off, like... Uh, Unique episodes generally don't aren't the best first viewing experience for a person. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my favorite is just being a tourist in a land that somebody else has really traveled. Thanks for showing us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> similarly, I felt it was very strange and funny and weird and what a time mm-hmm. we had. I would say it was very effective because we said the N word. Yeah, the, yeah, the N word was. Yeah. And we had a pussy face boss yell at me and fire me. I felt very old. I felt very muddied. I felt like I slipped in my mother's tub. I touched the plain lady's titties. We almost passed the Bechdel test, but no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't, we didn't get two plain titty ladies to talk. The centipede might have been a woman. The centipede was definitely a woman. That's canon. <laughs> Not that we have to camp on the N-word too much, cause, you know, <laughs> we're three white people. It, it is something, because this was happened in a flashback, so not only did a previous episode decide to throw out the N-word from a villain, but then they felt it was okay enough to then, like, clip it into another episode, yeah, like, this, this is good stuff, point. yeah. And then I thought it was, I was okay with that, but I thought it was a little over the top when the shark said the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a great white shark, you know, and then... I mean, fair is probably a strong term. It was framed as not appropriate to say, like, because it was the villain saying it, so it's not like they're just using it casually on the show. But but it's also not like Roots, where they like really show yeah, the yeah, story. yeah. I don't... It's just a glancing blow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, not, not was 
Having not seen that episode, I doubt it was a meditation on race relations. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode and got every racial slur and made a hit roll and started saying it. Just for coverage, we need you to do every single one. in that last two minutes of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, tramping down the hill all muddy with a cordless phone while the rednecks are still training their gun at him, like power calling down that trail, ruining the hike for the other tourists. Maybe one of those very well-traveled uh, uh, Cajuns is the one who understood the Swiss banking system. Oh, yeah, he's just like, oh, wait, you're looking for our bank I've got some connection. <laughs> there was a long scene that they cut, and he staggers back over, and they point the guns at him again, and he's like, hey, you know anything about Swiss banking? Yeah. It's like, well, show me your books. <laughs> Let's open the books. Yeah. Yeah, the one Cajun who didn't talk in the previous scene goes, episodes of like, yeah, stuff happened. Gentlemen of Leisure.com. And Aaron, when you don't have 
to remind your houseboy that when he's dying, it's best to go fast. Where are you online that our listeners can hang out? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm Jarvitron on there. Uh, Spell that. J-A-R-V-I-T-R-O-N, Jarvitron. <laughs> and if you um, follow me there, you can also follow me on Instagram, where I will not post any pictures. <laughs> but you are a photographer. Yeah, I am a photographer. I will not put anything on Instagram. Sorry. There you go. I think Instagram's dead like a dead fly, the spider's eating. No, wait. It, wait not Insta. That was Tumblr. Never mind. Flickr. Flickr. Flickr, yeah. Dead. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Ask Higgins. Um, Money Hunter Pets. That's it. I can't. Oh, wait. Expedia. Stop the bleeding. Or or just lift a plane up with your dick.
it was called Best Dead Dad Plane Bloopers. <laughs> no, I'm 69. <laughs> Rewinding. And then technically, that's the same fire that Tom Hanks died in in Laverne and Shirley. That's kind of well established that he is a bum, right? Like, I think, you know, maybe Higgins and Rick were having sex. And they were like, <laughs> but let's not go in exactly at the same time. <laughs> so he doesn't think. There's a huge amount of dicking around yeah. over the course of the series but you've still teased it so many fucking times you have to put a bow on it he's always up his ass about always something. up his ass and tv shows are filled with people who are always up each other's asses but then they're always like but you're always special and i always had a soft spot there's two kinds of ladies there's titty ladies and there's mothers and there's a lot of overlap actually good sounds awesome and then like your accountant's gonna get his knees broken sometimes you fuck the plane sometimes the plane fucks you for all i know you did go home and like a dog sleeping on his legs right now and he looked into the camera and said we're doing a metaphor at one point a shark starts to swim around him he just has to hold on until the boys come is it the plane's dick technically speaking it's his dick bone yeah because the it's like well i know what you're thinking i probably should just head back now because centipede venom whatever whatever go home immediately even if you're pretty handsome still <laughs> The Wright Brothers playing Stickbone is in the Smithsonian. A centipede bites Magnum P.I. right on the penis, right as he's peeing. <laughs> right. And it, his progress gets Santa impeded. Is he on centipedes again? <laughs> like, I can't move! 